G'day everyone, it is Wednesday and it's February 1, the big sports breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening and the Aussies are in India ahead of the first test next Thursday in eight days time. Flew out yesterday overnight, well we've got the, uh, well it's deadline day over in Europe as far as football is concerned and Socceroo Harry Suter is off to the Premier League after Leicester. Agreed a, well, £15 million transfer fee. There's some add-ons potentially there as well with Stoke City, his championship club. So it looks looks like he's going to, well, the Premier League champions of seven years ago in Leicester City. Struggling this season, though. Uh, they're just one point above what is a very crowded relegation zone at the moment and lost four of their past five games through their most recent. But uh, team under a bit of pressure, Leicester City. Uh, but great to see Harry Sutar transferred to the Premier League. Uh, Paddy Mills, 21 points yesterday in Brooklyn's win over the Lakers. Plenty of news in footy as well. Morning to you, pup. Morning, buddy. Morning, Loz. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, good to see the Aussie boys uh, on that plane yesterday and uh, arrive in India. They'll be, uh, they'll be excited. They'll be keen to get over there and watching a few of the boys go through the airport. Geez, they've packed enough for a year. Boys have still got their old school values in take the take the luxuries from home. So uh, Warner used to take the baked beans. I saw Marnus has taken a bags of a coffee. Full bag of coffee, yeah. So What's doing? What you used to take? What was your like weird uh, thing to take? You know, I'd take like um like you'd pack a stack of lollies and, and mm. things like that. Like you can still get it over there, but it's just I don't know. It's just you want it like in your room, in your hotel room. For me I'd always I want my treats. Mm. So you'd pack a, but it'd be like a little backpack full of stuff. Or when you get to Sydney Airport, you just go buy a few things and and chuck it in. Like different toiletries you couldn't get over there. Um, but generally, everything was taken for you. Like the food over there now is as good as anywhere in the world. The hotels are uh, unbelievable, all five star. Um, you don't need any real any medication and stuff because you've got a team doctor and a team physio. They take all that. So it's really just the things that make you. I'd take my own pillow. There you go. I'd always take my own pillow overseas for sleep. Didn't care what bed I got, but my own pillow I'd take. Fair that enough. was probably the only thing. Loza, morning, mate. Morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, pretty good. I'll tell you what, the Sharks have had a bit of bad luck in the last, what, 36 hours or so. So they did end up releasing uh, Lockie Miller. So he's off to Newcastle. That is confirmed. But then news late last night, the Telegraph reporting that Cade Dykes the son of Adam, of course, former um, player there at the Sharks, has potentially suffered an ACL. So they would have released Miller thinking, well, we've got Will Kennedy there and, and Dykes, you know, gives cover and potentially could, you know, maybe even challenge Kennedy at some stage. And now it looks like they've lost the young gum with an ACL. That's a real blow for them. They'd be... Couldn't believe the timing, I guess, for them because I'm sure they wouldn't have released Miller had this happened. No, I'm sure they wouldn't have, but... That's the way that Rugby League works, and they did release Lockie Miller. He's up there with Newcastle. He arrived on Monday. Then on Tuesday, on Kay Dyke's 21st birthday, he did his ACL. Um, and it hasn't been confirmed, but more likely it will uh, be him out for the season. And that's a massive blow because it leaves Will Kennedy as the only genuine number one in that football team. They've got guys that can play backup but they're not as good as a Kay Dykes or a Will Kennedy. 
um, you know, names they're tossing up and Nico Hines, but you'd be reluctant to move him after the season oh, yeah. he had at um, seven last year, winning the, the Dally M. Uh, you've got a guy like Connor Tracy who can play a lot of those outside back positions. You've also got a guy like Matt Moylan who started his career as a fullback um, with Penrith uh, a number of years ago. Um, and they also have not so much that he could play fullback, Braden Trindle, but he's a guy that can play in the half, so which would therefore allow you to move one of those guys. But look, coming into the season, you've got your Kennedy would have been their number one. Then you've got your two halves settled. You just don't want an injury to your key players in your spine. Um, so they'll be hoping they can get through injury-free now, the Sharks. Otherwise, it could leave them one man down, one man short, because they're so important fullbacks these days. Definitely. Yeah, that's a real blow for them, something they did not need uh, in the preseason. Now, we've got a huge show today, guests everywhere. Uh, amongst them, Eddie Jones, the new Wallabies coach, who yesterday fronted his first media conference as the new Wallabies coach there, just near where he grew up, in fact, Matraville High School in uh, southern Sydney there. And uh, we're looking forward to having a chat with uh, Eddie Jones just after the 8 o'clock news this morning. And uh, also going to speak to Jim Maxwell, who's a legendary sports commentator, of course, with the ABC, who is, well, he's called nearly up to 300 tests. And he's heading for, I believe, his eighth tour of the subcontinent. Uh, it'd be interesting to ask Jim about how it's changed, travelling to India, particularly over such a, a long period of time. So that's coming up this morning amongst, uh, well, Dick Fain, and we'll preview the Super Bowl, of course, after and uh, review the championship games we saw on uh, Monday morning, our time. We've also got Joe Pribe. We couldn't get Joe yesterday. He was busy, so we've got Joe today. Plenty of horses to talk to him about and uh, plenty of other guests as well. Lizzie Wellborn amongst them. We've got the final round of the uh, Nutri-Grain series in the Ironman and the Ironwoman this weekend, and that is at Karawa on the Gold Coast in Queensland. So plenty of guests coming up this morning, but uh, also in rugby league, Parramatta re-signed 20-year-old centre Will Penasini for another two years. Uh, so that's until the end of 2025. So he played every game last year, scoring 10 tries, uh, played four tests for Tonga as well, three of those at the World Cup. And he was probably someone Eddie Jones would have been looking pretty closely at considering his uh, uh, well schoolboy days there at Kings as well, Loss. Yeah, I've got a massive opinion of Penasini. I think he's a very, very good player. And I think he's someone that is in for a big year. Uh, he impressed last year. He, he was a mainstay of that Parramatta side in the end. Um, and I think he'll improve as the season goes, uh, this, this year goes on. Um, look. There'll be a lot of young guys that have been mentioned uh, by Rugby Union, and I think that you know Penasini was one of those guys. He's only signed a, a two-year deal, which will extend him out to 2025. Still puts him on the radar for Rugby Union, but at least um, he's committed to Parramatta in, until then. The big one for the Wallabies will be Joe Suwali. I mean, he's the one that everyone is talking about, and uh, the Roosters have got some big decisions to, to make because you'd find it difficult to think, how do you keep three guys that potentially, well, no, they're not potentially, they are worth a million dollars on the open market. You know, you've got Tedesco there already on your books. You've got Joey Mann who's coming off contract. Uh, Sawali coming off contract. These guys are going to command a lot of money. Joey Mann is now probably a million dollar player. Oh, he I think he's yeah. every day of the week. Mm. Every day of the week player, now. From what he... What you see him do when he pulls on that international shirt um, and what you see him do week in, week out for the Roosters, and he does it as a centre. 
So you imagine him getting more involved as a fullback. Um, he's he's deserving of fullback money, and when you know when he's in negotiations with other teams, I'm pretty confident that I'll be prepared to pay him that type of money. Uh, we will, well, we saw the Aussies take off yesterday, Clarkie, and Steve Smith spoke at the airport. He indicated uh, a tour match was a waste of time back in 2017 in India. He's saying that you know they were served up pretty much a green top. Mm, I commentated. <laughs> I was there. I remember it. And okay. no spinners okay, as yeah. well. India played no spin bowlers, only quicks. So yeah, I read Smith's comments. A bit of game playing there back I think then. That, you, as, that happens as, everywhere. As you encounter when you're yeah, on tour. That, that, that's the risk you go. No matter where you go. Like I think about the preparation for an Ashes series. The county wickets that you get are generally nothing like what you get in a test match. Same as when you come to Australia. You look at our first-class cricket. You go and bat at the Gabba in a first-class game and then go and bat at the Gabba in a test match. It's like a, it's like you're in a different country. You know, you go from raging green seamer in domestic cricket to the Gabba's as good a pitch that you, you bat on in, in the world. So We had a green top this summer, though, which was rare for yeah, the Gabba. Yeah, but <laughs> that's the risk you take when you go overseas. And obviously, t- you know, you go into somebody else's backyard, they're going to try and – they're not there to help you. They don't want to do you any favours. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think – look, sounds like the boys have had facilities here in Australia and tried to use those as well as they can. I remember when we toured India, um, the Centre of Excellence tried to prepare. They actually got – I think they got the turf from India and tried to prepare a, prepare a spinning wicket in preparation, but it was nothing like what you got in India. Um, the other thing about touring, it's not just about the batting and the bowling. You know, it's being in that country. It's the heat. It's the humidity. It's the food you eat. It's, you know, it's every part of uh, every part of going overseas um, and and living and breathing somebody else's culture that plays such a big part. Especially when you've been there, when you've got to be there for, you know, um, a number of weeks. It, it can be quite draining. So, yeah. Look, we'll, we'll again, as I've said, we'll we'll find out if they should have, you know. If they go and play their best cricket and win this first test match, then they'll sit there and say, well, our preparation was unbelievable. If they don't, I think it'll be questioned. But uh, Smitty's spot on in regards to that risk is every tour you go on, the facilities you get, the pitch you get to play on, the opposition team you get to play against in that tour game is out of your control. Back page of the Daily Telegraph, and the Telegraph's done a survey uh, an anonymous survey with uh, the current coaches and assistant coaches in the NRL. And uh, the headline here is, We're Over the Rainbow. Coaches deliver message on NRL pride initiatives is the headline there. And it was one of the questions uh, put to the coaches and assistants. Uh, would you encourage your players to wear a pride jersey? Of course, we saw uh, what happened with Manly uh, last season. And, well, yes, 42%. No, 42%. And prefer not to answer 16% is what they came up with. And another question, should the NRL have a pride round? Yes, 33%. No, 50%. And prefer not to answer 17%. And uh, not surprised that the majority said no, considering what we saw there in the fallout from the Manly situation last season. But uh, Peter Volandis and the NRL or the ARL Commission are looking at potentially or investigating introducing a respect round. So I guess you cover all bases there, Loz. But uh, it's something that will have to be very, very carefully considered, considering the divisive nature of the issue. Well, you've answered it. You've answered it. It's divisive because people have got different opinions and people have different religions and 
if you're going to bring something in that's divisive, then you're going to cause a lot of trouble as well. I think we all should be respectful of everyone's opinions. Uh, and I think the game is talking about introducing a respect round. Um, I've got my views. Other people have different views to mine. And I can understand why the coaches are reluctant to have it because they don't want to go down the path that Manly did last year and have players put in this situation where they're deciding that they're going to boycott a round. And by doing that, you place a heap of pressure on the individual. You place plenty of pressure on the clubs. You place pressure on the game. And I don't think we're ready for it at the moment because it's, it is. It, it's something that you know is going to be divisive. It, it, people have got differing opinions um, and the league will need to think it through how they handle it. Um, I'm all for supporting um, the round if it happens. Uh, but it, at the moment, I, I think with what happened last year and we saw it with the basketball only a couple of days ago, where I think it was the Cairns Taipans players that refused to wear uh, their singlet. Um, it's only going to happen more and more in all sports. Mm. And unless you've got a lot of people on board with it, and I think we still need a lot of more work and a lot more education on it, then you're not going to change people's views. Amongst other questions put to the coaches and assistants, uh, biggest issue in the game, concussion was top 58%. And... Uh, as an extension of that, are teams still taking advantage of the concussion rules? Yes, 63%. No, 29%. <laughs> Prefer not to answer 8%. Remember, the coaches <laughs> are uh, answering this. Uh, also, should the NRL expand it? If so, where? Perth, easily on top there, 52%. No expansion next at 22%. Then New Zealand, 14%. So... Uh, the coach is well and truly in favour of a team out in the west of Perth. So amongst them, there's more uh, questions put to the coaches there in that survey. Now, also on the back page of the telly and uh, also on Manly, but on the field, Turbo on track to start the season is the headline there. So uh, Tom Trebojevich fronted the media there yesterday at Brookvale and uh, we'll spoke about basically just looking to I guess, achieve many goals and uh, along the way. And it's all about changing his mechanics after his sessions with Bill Knowles over in the US to build his body to be able to play as long as possible. Uh, though round one is... Uh, well, the confidence is growing that he'll be ready for round one against Canterbury. And uh, also, new coach Anthony Seabold hit back at uh, Walt Peter Peters who said on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend program a few weeks ago... Uh, that uh, Manly might have to look at offloading Turbo should the injuries continue. Uh, we discussed it a little bit yesterday, and uh, Seabold said that, well, he didn't think it was an educated comment, and it was disappointing from a former player. So there you go, a bit of a response there from Seabold, who's always going to back his player, and also said, uh, well, indicated that you know he's a fullback. He won't be moving to the centres. Yeah, well, you've got to make sure that he's fit first and foremost, and they've paid this money for Tom to go over there and get the knowledge that he needs to come back here and recondition his body to have him right to go to play a full season. And I think all Manly fans are hoping that. In fact, I reckon all league fans are hoping that Tom T has a successful yeah. year. You know, they want to see the best players on the field. Yeah. And Tom is an elite player and I love seeing him play. And if he's fit and healthy, Seabs is right. I mean, he, he's going to be the fullback. But if he starts getting niggling injuries and he can't get 
constantly out there on the field and you've got him on a long-term deal, then you start to ponder, geez, do I look at playing him in a different position? Is that going to help? Now, I don't know whether it'll help or not, but one thing you do know, playing in the centres and playing at fullback, you're not doing as much running. Because as fullback, you've just got to be so fit these days and you've got to cover so much um, uh, you know, ground and you've, you've got to put your body in different situations to what the centre position asks of you. So um, I think that first and foremost, we're just hoping that Tom can get his body healthy, gets out in the field and shows everyone what type of player he is. And that is an elite player of the game. Uh, back page of the Herald and the Australian as well. Eddie Jones, after he fronted the media yesterday, we left here in 1977. To come back now is pretty special, is the headline there. And uh, it is Jones with the Ella brothers. And they all went to Matraville High School uh, there. So uh, that's where the media conference was yesterday. And all the Ella brothers were there with Eddie Jones yesterday as well. Uh, Jones set sights on Kiwis and then world domination. The headline on the back page of the Australian. And just a reminder, we've got Eddie Jones on the program after 8 o'clock this morning. And uh, amongst uh, some of his messages yesterday, he said, we need to create role models and we need to create heroes for the young kids. He played down the notion that he's the Messiah but was adamant the plan is to win the World Cup and they're coming after the All Blacks and the Bledisloe as well. He's bullish about the talent. Adamant a World 15 would have a few Aussies in there. I've got to say, I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe at best, Teniela Tupo, who's now injured, for the has a long-term oh, injury. Hooper Michael close. Hooper would probably get on the bench, but he'd be, the, he'd be they're there. the two. I can't see anyone else. Oh, Those two would yeah. be it, I would say. Yeah. Oh, Look, I think if we were picking it, different to Eddie, but if we were picking it, mm. um, there's only one in my mind that stands out that would be in the conversation, and that would be the captain or the ex-captain, Michael Hooper. Mm. I think he deserved to be in a World 15 every day of the week, or at least in that squad. Um, he's just a wonderful player. And I know that, uh, well, hopefully he's on the mend and he's mentally refreshed and he's in for a big year because I think the Wallabies will need him if they're to win the World Cup. Back page of the Herald as well. Warner fears rising stars will reject test careers. Uh, David Warner speaking yesterday before they flew out to India and he was asked, well, he was asked specifically about Thunder teammate Ollie Davies and whether uh, he could one day break into the Australian test team. But uh, Warner's response was, well, he sort of likes playing white ball cricket. So there you go, the changing generation. Here he is playing with younger blokes who are coming through the 2020 system. Mm. And they just think differently to how we do, I guess, Pup. That mm. maybe they, the new generation, and this is what I feared from the moment T20 cricket took off, exactly this, is that the, the thirst for the baggy green will at some stage, with all this money and all these leagues, and we've talked about, freelance players potentially, well, it's happening now, that, that players won't sign central contracts. They'll go around and play mm. leagues around the world and it will be just become less attractive, dare I say it, to go and chase a baggy green cap. Yep, I agree. How sad. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly agree. You know, I think a lot of these young players are happy playing cricket that goes for three hours and get paid a lot more money, travel the world doing that. Um, you can, you know, I think it's it's a lot easier to train for one form of the game. If you just want to train for test cricket, for example, or you just want to train for 2020 cricket, not try and train uh, and have all the skills for, for all three formats, it's, it's a lot easier route to take. Um, and so, there's no doubt some people will, will make that choice. 
Um, some people will want to play test cricket and not get the opportunity. But, yeah, I think the more 2020 continues to grow, uh, the more you're going to see young players make that their their only focus. If they can play in five tournaments a year around the world and um, and play it well, they're, they're certainly going to be financially set up and they'll have a long career.